Welcome to Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. One day, a Geordie and a Canadian walk into a bar and decide to start a podcast about relationships and what a topic that is. No subjects are off limits. Get in touch today with us at geordielass.com or email info at geordielass.com and let us know what you think and what we should talk about. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, why, hello there. Hey, hey, hey. Hello. Oh, How's it going? Uh, good, and you're a sight for sore eyes. Oh, yeah. thank you. I've been looking forward <laughs> to our recording. I know, me too. I've yeah. definitely been looking forward to it as well. I know. It's kind of like this beautiful little break where we get to talk about uh, the science and the art behind relationships. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of m- more fun things out there in my, I mean, I love my life, but that like is pretty much one of the cherries on the cake of my week. Well, it's always beautiful to chat with you, Anna. Oh, very nice, very nice. Aw, the love. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, how have things been? Things are good. Things are good. Like I, I gosh, you know how you realize that you were like in madness and chaos, but in retrospect, mm. like when you're going through a rough patch, like it feels really hard, but then it's when you look at it in the rearview mirror, like, whoa, that was challenging. So I feel like I'm kind of breaking out of the clouds of settling in and my new home here and yeah. in Greece and starting to find a cadence. I yet again rearranged my living room and dining room and now it looks a little better. I'm like, oh, okay, maybe this is working a bit more. Yeah. Uh, and there's a nice meal on the stove. So cooking is underway. Things are good. Very good. Very yeah. good. Yeah, things are all yeah, right. Yeah, it always takes a little while, I think, when you have a big move like that. And God, you don't realise, like you say, when you're in it, you just kind of get on with it. And then come to the end and you start to come out and things feel a bit brighter and lighter. And you then suddenly realise, oh, yeah, that was probably a bit bit, bit stressful. bit bonkers. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, funny. Exactly. Like, how do we, <laughs> how do we, like, forget or, like, uh, underestimate how hard moves mm. are? I yeah. know of other people doing this and they're like, this is so hard. And it's like, yeah, we always forget how hard it is. <laughs> oh, it's going to be easy. Well, um, I think you think you've got it all under control. Oh my gosh. I tell you, you think, yeah. Ikea here in Greece is like this particular or peculiarity, I should say, that I've kind of come through my own. I think it's like a rite of passage to have some sort of struggle with Ikea. Anyways, so I just on a Facebook group of other people who've newly landed up are like, does anybody else have this thing about Ikea? And all the comments came by and I was like, ah, it's in my rear view mirror. I'm going to forget about it. I didn't even post or comment. I was like, that's it. <laughs> you know, and it's so funny. Yeah, like, yeah, I, f- I feel like there's these badges of honor that happen whenever you transition to somewhere new. And here it's grappling with setting up your electricity connection and Ikea. My wow. Name. You've passed those. You've passed the test now. You can stay. <laughs> well, it's funny because like it's winter in Greece. There's not. There's no beaches to think about. It's it's winter, so I think about IKEA. So yes, no things are things are yes looking good. So spice me up with some news from the relationship correspondence desk. I will indeed. I will indeed. So today from the relationship love desk, if you're a female, you're going to thank me for this post today. <laughs> So I came across an article by The Power of Psychology and it says, women in relationships who sleep for an hour longer have higher levels of sexual desire and are 14% more likely to have sex with their partner the next day. Oh my God, I feel like every (laughs) 
person who is in a partnership with a woman is going to be like going out and getting noise noise canceling headphones, temperature controlled mattress or like sleep numbers or whatever and like setting up yeah. every and telling everybody to be quiet. <laughs> be quiet everybody. <laughs> this woman's got to have some sleep. Yeah. Well, well if there's ever an advert for uh, your other half putting the kids to bed, I think that's <laughs> it right there. <laughs> So yeah. yeah, you've got to let your ladies sleep a little bit longer um, if you want them to feel have a little amorous. bit of action the following day. Mm-hmm. No, I mean it kind of makes yeah. sense. It was done. It was actually a study, so do like a little study. Mm. So it was based on that. It was the association of sleep disturbance and sexual function in postmenopausal women, and it was actually done in two thousand and seventeen. Okay, all so right. Kind of, kind of makes sense that you in that phase of your life maybe need. A little bit extra sleep. You need that kind of extra rest. Okay, but uh, yes, I, here's where I kind of take a little bit of issue with the title. I'm like, oh, hold on, hold on. Why didn't we say postmenopausal women? It, 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 yeah, it's just a comment on women in general. Like, it, I, I shouldn't have to go into the article. I'm just kind of having a bit of a time here. You shouldn't have to go into the article to understand which population this was referring to. So I'm just saying that breastfeeding woman is different than a postmenopausal menopausal woman is different than like in women at all age stages anyways Arc. yes but yes totally sleep is like one of the most massive things that we see as physicians because so women usually like the night sweats the hot flashes mm. but the sleep disturbance and the mood are insane yeah and when we treat the menopausal symptoms and the sleep improves like women talk about their lives going under a total revolution of goodness like mm. the sleep is probably the biggest thing so oh my yeah, god yes but it is for everybody right like so i mean how many times have we been told about sleep and sleep habits and how it really has an impact on stress levels on your motivation on your energy on your happiness on depression levels like it's one of those kind of big factors that when we're young, we feel like we can kind of cheat life at. You get a bit older and you realise actually there's no kind of, there's no replacement, there's no substitute for having a decent night's kip. Mm, mm. So, well, and the next day, mm. if you haven't had like a really good night's sleep, like you can tell the next day because you do feel more irritable, maybe feel a bit more emotional than you would do ordinarily. It's just, it's harder, I think, to kind of function as a, as a with rational all the human being, got to do. Yeah. <laughs> although, although I'm still not totally. I don't think that. I don't think that the literature has been. I don't think that we are very clear on the role of sleep and what sleep does to us when we miss it. I mean, subjectively, we feel terrible, and then, and then it really gets into our head that we're missing sleep, mm. and then we're freaked yeah. out, and then we get more anxious, and then we can't sleep because we're all awake and wired, and that's why we're coming to people like you know, your family doctor and being like, give me some sleeping pills. But so I, I think that the importance of sleep is overblown a little bit to the extent we get too anxious about sleep. But at the same time, you know, my man was telling me something about how he he uh, had read something or was aware of this sort of familial condition, pretty awful one where they can't sleep at some age or stage and it sort of runs in families where people will eventually die of sleep deprivation so i mean obviously it's it's important for something but i kind of wonder if it's a little overhyped but but you know 
absolutely quality of sleep and feeling sexual, being able to access the things that aren't just sort of survival makes perfect mm. sense. So I yes, a prescription for sleep for sure. I definitely know I need my sleep and I'm no good without it. Ah, ah, okay. I, I can go a few times without, so long as I don't catastrophize my mind, like, mm. oh my God, I've missed sleep. I'll be in, it'll, it's so unhealthy for me. So long as if I miss sleep, especially if I can't sleep because I'm anxious or nervous that I'm like, don't freak out. So what if you got two hours of sleep or an hour of sleep? You're going to be fine. You're not going to die. But, you know, I agree with what you're saying. After eight hours, <laughs> I feel terrific. <laughs> all right. All right. Splitting hairs. Get get that cocoa on, get cozied up and get yourself in bed early. That's what we're telling girls. <laughs> oh, you've got it. You've got it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh. All right. I'm going to move us on to a hot, hot topic. Okay, let's go. Okay. Today's hot topic. Is the digital world moving us closer to arranged marriages? Oh, I thought that it was going to be like, is the digital world moving us to a post-sex in existence? (laughs) (laughs) And which I'd be like, yes, it is. But no, okay, so arranged marriages, I'm going to say yes. But anyways, I'm just, (laughs) okay, let's get into it. We we both vote yes, that's the end of the hot topic. I know, perfect. Let's move on to a question. <laughs> All right. Well, we, we had something, though, a little while ago about Tinder were making some changes, weren't they, to their setup. Now, I've never used Tinder, so I don't really know a lot about it, mm-hmm. except what I've read in the media. Mm-hmm. But they were making some changes where your friends and family could kind of come up with some ideal matches for you. So I, I guess that's kind of, when we think about it from that perspective, in terms of the that kind of digital side of life and other people getting involved in writing your profile or picking matches for you we see a lot in television programs now where a lot of these kind of reality shows it's all about somebody else being involved in your kind of matchmaking and it does really kind of you know beg the question then around kind of what does the future of dating look like what is the future of kind of relationships and if we're no longer doing some of those things that we would have traditionally done to meet partners then you know and or maybe we can't even kind of trust ourselves to kind of pick somebody if we're not if we're always picking the wrong people or drawn Mm -hmm. to a certain type of person will somebody else be a bit more objective in terms of selecting a partner for you would you have more success then I mean they do say arranged marriages are more successful don't they people staying together for longer Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. And and if you kind of recoil at the, oh, arranged marriage, what? No, you'll probably if you'll probably realize that there's a lot more sort of quote unquote arranged marriage around you than you might think. I'm coaching a lawyer who is just, again, started getting, getting back on the apps. And then she's like, oh, my God, that's it. Just done. Done with the apps. Mm. And so she sort of she had like a colleague help drop a profile. And it's actually kind of cool because she was like, and they said really nice things about me. It's like, it's perfect. And then she's sort of, they're circulating the post among sort of like an internal communication group or like a social media group for other legal professionals. Uh, Kind of like, hey, does anybody have a brother or, you know, a friend or whatever, or another lawyer, you know, who is looking for love? And we're doing it all the time. And, And why not circulate 
you know, profiles. Number one, have your besties make mm. a profile for you. And number two, circulate it among people for with whom you have a commonality. It yeah. actually makes a lot of sense. Mm. Yeah. I think there's a commonality. There's the kind of trust factor as well, isn't there? Like, do you not think now when you expose yourself to this digital world, there are just a whole bunch of weirdos out there? I mean, remember some of the weird stuff that used to land in my inbox and I shared it on the podcast previously? Yeah. Like, there are people like that and the element of kind of trust and and I know a lot of it is that you just kind of hear more stories about bad stuff that can happen. But there, you know, does that make us a bit more kind of distrustful of people that we meet? And then are we right from the get-go, not really kind of like open because we are still trying to suss out this new person? Whereas if you've got an introduction from somebody else, mm-hmm. is there like an immediate sort of like no trust factor that happens so you are automatically kind of more open and share more and more kind of willing to connect with somebody and therefore have a greater chance of success. Mm. Oh, yeah, no, totally. And it could be also, too, you said more open and maybe less. I have coached some folks and where I have pointed out or observed that there's a lot of resentment or sarcasm coming through on first dates and it makes every bit of sense. Like if you're road weary on the apps mm. and like, oh, my God, this date is going to be like all the other dates, right? It can actually, you can kind of come across with some dick energy, right? Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. And so if you have kind of an introduction where there's a familiarity or a little bit more hope, it can tone down your jadedness and and you can actually present much more sort of authentically yourself and not have that kind of road-weary jadedness that Mm. really comes out. You think it's subtle. It's not. Like it can really come across where your dating partner might be like, man, what's wrong with them? Like, you know. Well, I could I'm saying I'm stating it quite blandly when, you know, they might really come across, come out of a date and be like, man, it, th- th- that was a really miserable person. So it, dating is hard and it, and it really takes its toll. And if we have a little bit more hope, maybe bridged by some familiar connections, mm. it can really bring out our best. Yeah. Yeah. So. So, yeah, Tinder, I wonder how that is working in terms of the success of of profiles being put online by people's friends versus the ones that are posted by the individual. I wonder I wonder if there's a difference in in success between those two. I think like you say, though, someone else is writing your profile. They're going to think about all the things they love about you. Hmm. And they're going to share those quite openly. As humans, we're not so great at kind of blowing our own trumpet or saying nice things. A lot of people would really kind of struggle with the profile side of actually kind of what do I say. I was listening to something the other day where they said that people who go on to kind of some of the dating apps later on in life, so they maybe haven't really kind of used you know, that wouldn't have been a thing in there when they kind of first got together with their partners, but they're maybe coming out of sort of 15, 20 year relationships mm. and having to kind of get back into that, that dating world. And obviously things have kind of changed so much over the last 20, 30 years and they're, they're faced in a different, different position. Mm. They're slightly older. So kind of don't care as much about what people kind of think or mm-hmm. and they in their profiles come across as a lot more authentic and genuine because they are kind of putting the things that they would just say to somebody in a conversation mm-hmm. and that they are having a lot more success than some of the younger generations who are 
I guess, maybe used to things like filters or whether that's kind of photographic or kind of slightly being, you know, economical with the truth, shall we say, (laughs) in some of the kind of descriptions that you might write or whereas kind of those that have come to it later on in life just don't kind of come from it in that same position. Uh, No, absolutely. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. We feel like we're setting ourselves up for success when we are sort of maximally curated, but it really, like, there's just, there's so many people online who are also maximally curated, and it builds up a lot of suspicion in the people who are trying to search you out, because they're like, oh, same filters, same sort of, I love travel, I love this, I love that, and it's like, oh my gosh, I've just seen 500 of you today, and if you're the real deal, you, it you're holding yourself back if you're not letting your own self peep out. It's so curious mm. that people who might be a bit older or who are approaching the dating scene on the digital world as a fresh, they're bringing a new thing up. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, I, like, I think... You know, back to sort of my where I thought this hot topic would go at first. I thought that it was going to be like AI is going to make us, you know, sort of turning more to just not even connecting at all. Mm. And I would love to think that we're going to, we're still, it's, man, it's hard out there uh, be- because there's just so many digital distractions. There's so much time that we're spending alone in yeah. our own digital bubble. And so, gosh, if more I think arranged it gives marriage, people less yeah. confidence though. If you were to have to kind of go out into the dating world and have been there for a long time, then if you spend kind of so much time where you are maybe working remotely, you don't kind of see your friends as much because they've got kind of family commitments and other things that they're involved with, and so you then just aren't interacting with with people on a day to day basis. I would imagine in that situation, your confidence levels are going to start to kind Mm. of, you know, lessen so that when you do actually go out on Twitter or have a conversation with somebody who isn't somebody that you know and knows you, then that's going to be a lot harder. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think there are Mm -hmm. some big challenges for people and they say, you know, the the research is true, then particularly for, for young men as well. Oh, ah interesting yeah Mm, okay it's yeah there's just things are changing so quickly that i we don't have a really good sense of where the trends are moving and this is just essential information that would really help us because like where are we getting our information from like some hand waving from like magazines or like online online blogs or you know quote-unquote experts but really nobody knows what's going on we don't have enough information just imagine how things were so crazy different just five years ago mm, yeah mm-hmm. but yet every single one of us want connection like everybody that we coach wants to enjoy healthy connection and wants to yeah. get out of their own way to be able to enjoy healthy connection with minimal conflict well and you want to be loved and and you you want to love somebody else and you want to feel like you're loved that's a natural part of of being a human being you want mm. to feel like you are connected to, to others around us we're not designed mm. to live on our own and to have such isolated lives that are just kind of based on us and a computer screen totally 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So watch this space. Who knows what the future will bring, but maybe it will yeah. bring more arranged marriages. Yeah. I mean, like, it just, we, we've, you know, you do hear about the successes, the, the online app successes, but, but there's just so much about being in community. You know, they say the community raises the child and the community also mm. like brings up the couple, you know, like introductions, helping a young couple if they're sort of having problems relating and then they, you know, rely on friends and family to be able to give mm. them communication advice, good, bad, or ugly. <laughs> so <laughs> we're, we're just such communal, collaborative community, all these C's. Animals. Mm. Yeah. So yes to arrange marriage. <laughs> oh. Would you go for an arranged marriage? Somebody said, right, I've got the, let's imagine you're not in a relationship. <laughs> and somebody goes, right, I've got the perfect match for you. I'm going to set you up and I think you should get married. Like, would you go for it? Yes, totally. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, it just, it's, it, in my mind, in my sort of, well, I guess it's, it's a biased view, but yeah, I would go for it. And I probably would bring my hopeful self. I would probably present a sort of an a lot. I would present the the better part of myself, the part mm. I love about myself, because I would be so hopeful and excited yeah. to meet this person. So not only would I go for it, but I also would show the better side of myself. And mm. and that I think, and I'm like, and that's when we say, oh, it's probably going to be worse. Whatever we believe in, it will, it's more likely to manifest if we believe in it because we bring a different energy to a situation where we have faith as opposed to one where we don't have faith. Yeah. But then does that say you trust somebody else more than you trust yourself? Oh, it's a really good question. You know, is it? Well, yes. <laughs> Actually, yes. <laughs> <laughs> there is part of like me getting out of my own patterns, like getting mm. out of my own rut, which somebody might be able to help me out and be like, look, I know this isn't your usual type, but like, how successful has your type been anyways? And I'm mm. like, good point. And they're like, okay, well, just trust me, meet this person. Maybe they don't have X, Y, or Z feature, but stick with it. And then I go in with some faith. I bring my best self. I, I think the other thing too is just just that familiarity. Having that second mm. degree of separation is really, is really important. Like, okay, well, they know so-and-so. Yeah. And I love so-and-so. So if they're a friend of a friend who I love my friend, I'll probably love that person too. So I mean, you know, it just, there's, it, it's the same as getting a job, right? Like I coach so many people, the likelihood of you throwing your resume into a resume mill on LinkedIn or Indeed and getting a, a call back, hmm. you're really, really unlikely to get a call back. The magic is going to come from the very hard job of reaching out to your network to yeah. say, hey, I'm open for business, anything. Oh, yeah. Well, I just heard that so-and-so might be looking for, you know, that's how we get jobs. That's how, mm. like, human networking is so important. Yeah. Ah. Wow. Watch this space. Let's see what happens <laughs> in the future. You've got it. <laughs> um. All right. Should we do a question? Yes, let's go. Okay. Today's question. My partner and I come from very different financial backgrounds. We are due to get married in 18 months and I think we should have a prenup. But my partner says that in the eyes of God, we need to unite as one and that once we are married, we should pool our resources for the good of our family unit. 
I can see their point, but I just don't know what to do for the best. Oh, yeah. Gosh. I mean, this is so finances and the and the way that you look at this is going to be one of the big hills that you're either going to fly and succeed on or you're going to die on. Like this mm. is one of the big ones. Yeah. Yeah. It is. What was that? I was reading about one of the celebrities the other day the, and he had said that he doesn't have a brain up because he is so sure that he's going to stay together with his wife forever. And he was a celeb before they got married, so he had kind of a bit of cash in the bank, but he was so convinced he didn't go down the route of a prenup. But then on the flip side, I hear of other people who were absolutely convinced they were going to stay together, did yeah. not have a prenup, and it's landed them in hot water when it's come kind of financially. Yeah. So it's it's such a difficult topic, isn't it? Because it's kind of like, if you don't believe in us, then, you know, I can see why you'd want to have a prenup, because you think it's going to end at some stage mm -hmm. whereas if you kind of believe and you think yeah we are definitely going to stay together forever but for whatever reason that doesn't work out and you went in with you know as this listener saying they're from very different financial backgrounds I can only assume that means that you know one has more money than the other and mm -hmm. has kind of created an aura amassed some wealth then how prepared are you to kind of lose half of that potentially mm -hmm. if you if you do and you know if the relationship does end in divorce absolutely it's funny because like when we go when we get into a car which we do all the time and actually my man was talking about this like it's amazing like cars are a great analogy for risk because being in a car is is far more risky than a lot of other things that we do including flying but mm. we do it every day because we see it as an essential means of getting from point A to point B. But it, there's actually a fair amount of risk, a fair amount of lethality. And we put our suit, our, our seatbelt on as, well, we should be putting our seatbelt on. And the reason why <laughs> yes. we do that is because we don't intend to die. But mm. we don't intend to get into a serious accident. But if we did, we have a seatbelt on. We want to be as safe as possible, yeah. And same with marriage. Like we, mm. it, it's funny, like it's it's like not, well, okay. Let me just sort of say, okay, whether you have a prenup or not, okay, but it's astonishing how many of us get into a relationship where we're so phobic of having conversations about money mm. Yeah, is that it's like we're getting into a car without putting our belt on. Like, oh my mm. God, we're going to be fine. So, okay, whether you have a prenup or not, at least talk about it and yeah. go... You know, it is worth, you know, sitting down and, and having a few conversations around, okay, so what are you going to have conversations around on a very serious level before you get anywhere near mm. marriage? We should talk about finances, sex, having children, taking care of old where people, gonna live? where are you going to live, yeah. and religion, yeah. and maybe some more other things. Mm. So at least talking about it. I, yeah. I've, I keep, I have to like always quote my my lovely friend who's a lawyer who says the most romantic thing you could ever do in your life <laughs> is to get a prenup. She loves like, when you're safe, it's sexy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I think in that profession, I can completely understand why you'd be saying, yes, you should definitely get a prenup. Mm. I think the... The issue here is that you've got two different views, haven't you? So mm. you've got on one side, it's kind of like, no, that is not for me. Mm. And on the other side, it's kind of like, well, am I daft if I don't have one? Like, mm -hmm. what's the right thing to do here? Mm. And it's not so much just about the prenup. It's also then about like, you know, talks in the question about pooling your resources and kind of becoming as one in, in your kind of money journey. And 
is is that the right thing to do? Some would say, yeah, 100%. Mm. Others would be like, not in a million years. Mm-mm. So I think having that deeper discussion about kind of, you know, who's going to pay the bills? How do we pay the bills? Is it, you know, some people would say, well, you earn more than me, therefore you mm. should pay a higher proportion of the of the bills. Like, is it, where does where do you land? Where's your, and what are your kind of boundaries with money? Because if you feel like you've signed up to something that you don't fundamentally feel like it sits within your value set or how you want to live your life, then every day those boundaries are crossed. Every time you write a check, transfer some Mm. money, pay a bill, Mm. you're going to feel it. And then that over time, can build some resentment once you add a few other relationship complications that we know are going to come your way because that's just life. Mm-hmm. And then you, all of a sudden you've got this relationship then where kind of none of it's really working for you and you're not happy with it. And the finance side of it can be a big, big trigger for a lot of people. Mm. Oh, totally. And and it may seem cut and dry like the higher income person is going to pay bills. Mm. The higher income person is is going to be very surprised that that is the assumption. It, it's it does not stand to reason all the time that that's going to be the case. Yeah, there's a lot of people who are the higher earner and they're like, no, 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 we're still going to you know fifty fifty. Yeah. Whether that's fair or not, good or bad, I'm not sure. But it it is, you know, there's a lot of things we leave to assumption, which are yeah <laughs> terrible assumptions. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, so I think, I mean, this is definitely something before, you've got 18 months now till you get married, like absolutely be having regular conversations about this. Mm-hmm. And if you do genuinely love each other, you genuinely want to get married, you'll find a way to to find a solution that you're both comfortable with or as comfortable as you can be with. But definitely be having those conversations and Not frequently and, until you can get to a position where you feel like, yeah, this is still the right partnership. Right. And don't freak out if the first conversation is super rocky. Because remember, we all hate change. We all Mm. think we're right. And so when we lay our cards out on the table, it can be really terrifying. And the insecurely adjusted or insecurely attached folks of us, (laughs) putting up my hand, (laughs) will all of a sudden, like when we, when we, why do we not raise this because we're scared of conflict and we somehow like bury our heads in the sand and think well maybe if we don't talk about it conflict won't happen Eh, wrong when conflict happens when we raise these big subjects because we're always going to stand at least a little bit on a different position don't freak Mm -hmm. out it's not the end of the world maybe your partner had a very very strong reaction like what are you kidding no way but just give it weeks give it months keep approaching it and keep looking and we all have the potential to soften our view and to come a little bit to the midline yeah yeah because you know it is and and you and i are very you know financially independent (laughs) so the whole thought of like we're all gonna blend our finances and everything's gonna be great both sarah and i are like like, hell no (laughs) oh no like what (laughs) that's not even a hard no that's a hell no (laughs) oh my god oh my god yeah no i mean honestly i i yeah I have to have my own uh, account to sort of retreat back to. Yeah. Yeah. Although, you know, we have had kind of surveys and evidence and research that suggested you are more likely to have a happier life if you are committed financially as well as making commitment to each other. I know that to be true. Like, I I mean, I know because I've lived on the side of just, you know, 
like doing like bank transfers to each other all the time, mm. <laughs> being so unblended that, you know, we were yeah. indistinguishable from dinner friends, right? So, I mean, no, I, that's that's not on reflection. If you're not committed financially, just, you know, you're not in it. You're not fully in it, right? You have nothing to yeah. lose. So I do feel like I want to get a mid, a middle of the road solution, but complete codependence financially. Just because my, <laughs> myself, yeah. No. God, no. Yeah. No, I think you've got to find a solution that works for both of you that you can feel reasonably comfortable with. Because if you haven't, that is just, mm-hmm. you, you're kind of storing up some trouble for further down the lane because it's going to come back and, and bite you when those tough conversations start coming back out again. It will always come bite you. Always. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah and I are like, oh yes, personal experience. Oh, yes. Yeah. Just, you know, <laughs> and it's funny too, right? When you have that personal experience and you've learned the hard way, and then when you get a second shot at it, you're really aware of like, mm. ah, okay. So when these decision points come up and you're like, I could either, you know, park this under the rug or I could actually deal with it now rather than later. And you experience hard conversations, you're like, ah, oh, this actually does go better. Even though it's yeah. terrifying and it feels really, cl- you know, clunky in the mm. moment, it goes better than brushing stuff under the rug. Yeah. I think what I would say as well is like now is the time to be having this conversation whilst you are, you know, massively in, in mm. love and you're looking forward to the <laughs> wedding and yeah. all of those things because you, you're going to be much kinder to each other in this conversation now than you are if, <laughs> you know, the worst happens and 15 years down the line you start to have that conversation. So, so true. Now is the right time to have it. So true. Yep, you've got it. Oh, man. Oh, gosh, that's... <laughs> I'm just thinking of all the conversations that you can have while there's still that glow of the infatuation phase. I'm like, yeah, oh, just... all out of the way now. <laughs> talk about everything. Religion, children, sex, old people, like everything. <laughs> Where are we going to live? Totally. Yeah. Whose job yeah. is going to take priority, right? Because that yeah. is also going to change hands over the course of time. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Relationships. Yeah. So time to be brave, have some difficult conversations and Mm -hmm. yeah, get your little monthly agenda of things that you need to discuss leading up to the wedding. (laughs) And it's not just uh, colour combinations and seat and plans. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And as you like to say, which we haven't heard in a while, I'm going to bring this back, is get your big girl pants on and have these hard conversations. Big girl pants. Indeed. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> oh good times well only time. a big neck hasn't got on with it <laughs> oh you, big knickers you've got it oh actually big pants uh, sorry the, the, there was this um i think that across the atlantic we do have a different interpretation of the word pants but anyways <laughs> just gonna leave that one there we'll leave that hanging <laughs> leave that hanging you know i in one of the clients that i saw today you know it is still kind of the dead of winter, but it were the days are getting longer, and you know at some point in time spring is going to happen. And I noticed that everybody's kind of in a hibernation mode, but you know it's all this little planning and all these kind of things that are going to help us to like burst out into spring in a really powerful mm. way. So it may feel like there's kind of like we're all in hibernation and everything but just all those seeds that we planted in the soil they're all doing their magic they're all gonna be ready to spring forth and not too far away indeed yeah yeah oh so 
I think that's another episode done. I think that just about does it. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I feel like I'm winning at life this week. And tell me. I did a big food prep yesterday and I have all my food prepped, sorted for the week ahead. Oh. And I'm looking forward to my scrummy tuna fish tonight for dinner. Oh, are you still using that like amazing cooker that like cooks everything? My mix. Is it really like doing everything still? Yeah. So I went out for dinner with somebody on Friday and I was telling them about my Thermomix and he said, you are the second person in two days to tell me about this. Oh my God. And then we're having a conversation. I'm going, it even cleans itself. I said, you can even peel potatoes in it. It's like, stop, stop. Oh my. I think I should be on commission. I was going to say, like, we do not, I, I don't even know what this thing is. And we certainly do not get financial ret- retribution no. for mentioning these things. But damn, that does sound amazing. Mm-hmm. As I was, like, peeling the celery and so forth. And, like, there's currently. Chuck hmm. it all in, chops it all up, made some lovely soup at the weekend. Good made God. some cheese scones, made bread. Uh, oh my yeah, God, did a chicken spinach lasagna, which is ready to go in the oven tomorrow night. Oh. Yeah, I'm winning at life. You're winning at life, damn. Yeah, damn. And which is really cool because winter tends to be the time we're most unhealthy. So awesome. Good times. Yeah. Yeah. I'm on a mission to, yeah, eat well and not buy crap at the supermarket. (laughs) It's the big goal, guys, not (laughs) buying crap. And I agree. Like, small, smart goals, right? Like, not buying crap, not blowing a ton of money eating out. That sounds pretty yeah. awesome. Just about at the end of the Christmas chocolates. <laughs> oh my God. We survive a long time now, I have to say. Oh my gosh. There is this one lovely a little tin of chocolates that I got for Christmas and I am eating one every three days and doing a really good job. <laughs> very good. Very good. I like the discipline. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh. Rather than having three every day. <laughs> That's my usual. So like... I've cut my consumption down by like nine times. Doing pretty good. Very good. Winning Very at life. Good. Yeah. You've got to take the small wins, right? That's all we've got. Really, yeah. that's all we've got. That's the only consistent thing is the small wins. Exactly, yeah. Moments of joy and happiness. Yeah, you've got it. Ah. <laughs> all right. All right. All this talk about food's making me hungry, so. <laughs> you've got it. I am me too. We're on the same part of the world. I'm going to keep cooking and do some dinner prep myself. Sounds good. Till next time. Till next time. So that's it for another week of Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. We hope you've enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed chatting. Get in touch and share your questions for relationship remedies and any hot topics you want us to cover. If you need help navigating all things relationships, Anna and Sarah are available for one-on-one coaching support. Email info at geordielass.com. Please remember to like, share, subscribe if you've enjoyed listening. And if you've not, how on earth have you made it this far? I promise we'll try harder next time.